You are listening to the Impact Church Podcast. To learn more about Impact Church, visit us online at impactharlem.org. You can also check us out on social media. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Man, worship was amazing, as always. It's, it's humbling to be able to meet together and just lift up King Jesus. Um, the things that he does on a daily basis for our lives that we take for granted. And we get to come in this place and hopefully leave distractions outside. And we truly get to intimately worship Jesus. And my prayer for us is that we continue to do that on Sundays, but that as we go outside of these walls, that that intimate worship continues, that we live a life of worship. And I'm just pumped to be with you guys again today. And I'm really pumped about next week because next week we get to see and celebrate with five people as they publicly declare their faith in Jesus through baptism. And that's amazing. And this is, this is our slogan for baptism forever free because the decision they made to follow Jesus they are now forever free they they have been brought from death to life and they just want to say hey you know what I've made the decision to follow Jesus and now I'm going to symbolize that and show the world that I'm a Christ follower and that's amazing we're in a in a series called filters and week one we looked at the deception of temptation and then last week we we backed away from that series just to focus on father's day a little bit and leading well and last week we got to experience something that only god can do through his spirit and we we saw someone give their life to jesus we saw a salvation take place in this room last week and that's what it's about if we don't get excited about people making the decision to follow Jesus, I don't even know what we could get excited about. Scripture teaches us that the heavens rejoice. That the heavens rejoice. That angels are rejoicing because someone gave their life to Christ. We should be able to rejoice in that. So God continues to move. And I just, I'm bringing this up so you know that God is working in this community. That God is doing stuff in Harlem. And we get to be a part of that. So my prayer this morning is that as we jump back into our filter series, that man, it's, it's uncomfortable. You can say amen to this if you want. It's uncomfortable to talk about sin. Amen? People don't like to hear about sin. People, people don't like to, to dig into the truth about sin. It's, it's difficult, but th- this is what I know. I know that if we know our opponent better, the fight becomes a little easier. So when we understand how temptation works, when we understand the deception of it, and today we're going to look at the nature of that, when we can start to understand the opponent, it's easier to fight. So just an example, if I was going to fight somebody that looked like me, same build, short and chubby, and maybe had no experience fighting, I could plan that attack. I would plan that fight a certain way. Now, if I was going to fight uh, Mike Tyson, I could plan accordingly. So I would probably fall to the ground and fetal position and pray. That would be my plan of attack. So here's, yeah, cover your ears because he could be hungry. 
If you've been with us a while at Impact, maybe you remember our Inside Out series where we went through the entire book of James. And in that series, we almost touched every single verse in the book. But there were a few verses that we skipped over uh, because it just kind of fit the, the series. So today I want to go back to James chapter 1 and we're going to pick up four verses that we didn't touch in that series because this, this passage tells us about the nature of temptation. We're going to be in James chapter 1 and we're going to begin reading in verse 13. I'm going to throw this if that's okay with you guys. It's distracting. Y'all ready? It says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God, I just pray blessings over the hearing and the reading of your word. I pray that your spirit works in hearts. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So just to put this in context, here in James chapter 1, James is speaking to believers. He's talking to Christ followers. And at the beginning of of chapter 1, he says, hey, guess what? You're going to face trials in life. They're going to come. You're going you're gonna to struggle. There's going to be trials that you face. And it's in this context that he switches gears in verse 13 and says, hey, when you're tempted, understand that it's not from God. So we have, if, if we put this in context and we try to understand why he switched gears, I want you to, to see this this morning. This is important for us to get. When we're facing trials in life, That's when temptation is at its peak. And James knew this. So when we're going through things in life that we just don't think we should have to go through, anybody ever been through something in life they just didn't think they should have to go through? When we're we're in those moments, when we're struggling, when we're going through the trials of life, temptation is at its peak. Temptation is right there to hit us. Man, sometimes we're just, we're in a struggle. Maybe it's, it's heartache. Maybe it's just situations that we can't control. Maybe it's sickness. We don't, we don't know what that struggle is going to be or what it looks like, but we, we can understand and we can get from this passage that when we're going through that, man, we need to be aware that temptation is right around the corner. And that's what James was saying here in this passage. So, Man, this, this sounds like the Christian life just isn't fun. So James says to Christians, you're going to go through trials. And then he says, hey, when you go through trials, be ready because temptation is going to come. And it's like, man, I thought this Christian life was supposed to be easy and it doesn't sound like it's going to be easy. So I want to encourage you this morning. I don't want you to be discouraged by this. I want you to know that there's hope and victory in Jesus. And our weaknesses and our struggles get to highlight the strength and the amazingness of Christ. So as we go through this, we're going to touch on the hope and the victory of Jesus. Next week, we're preaching on or we're talking about 
how we can walk in victory, how we can live in freedom. And I'm going to give you a glimpse of that this morning because I want you to see it and I want you to, to get excited that there's hope. But what does this passage teach us about the nature of temptation? Let's look at three truths really quick. Number one, if you're taking notes, is this. Temptation comes from within. Temptation comes from within. We see this in verses 13 and 14. It says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his what? By his own desire. When we face trials and we go through stuff in this life, and it's easy to shift the blame to somebody else. When we're going through struggles in life, it's easy to shift responsibility to someone else. When we're, when we're hurt and we're depressed and we're, we're lonely, we don't want to look within. It's a lot easier to shift blame to someone. I did a Bible study one time where it was, it was talking about blame shifting and what that looked like. And it talked about Eve being the first ever blame shifter. And we talked about Eve in week one of this series. And uh, if we would have kept reading, then we would have seen that Eve blamed the serpent. And then Adam blamed Eve. So the blame shifting continued, but Eve was the first. So now anytime my wife blames me, I call her a blame shifter because it came into the world from a woman. Um, I would not recommend that. If you're married, it doesn't usually work out very well for me. So we just have a tendency to, to blame God. And it's not just struggles. So when we face temptation, a lot of times we shift the blame as well. We shift the blame to God. I mean, God's in control. He's sovereign. He could take this, like he could just take this temptation away. So why am I even being tempted? So we blame God for that. Or on the flip side, we blame Satan. And I don't want us to give Satan too much credit. So in week one, we saw how Satan can dress sin up and make it look like something it's not. But temptation comes from within us. It comes from our desires. It comes from our selfishness. And if we can understand that, it's easier to fight it. It may not seem that way, but by the end of this message, you're going to have some, some idea about the nature of temptation and some ways that we could combat that in our life. And as we, I want to give you an example how it works, right? So I'm, I've never been tempted, and I'm going to throw out a, a pretty big example here that is kind of far-fetched, but I want you to, to stick with me. I've never been a car guy, right? I'm just not a car guy. I, I love trucks. Not so much cars. So I've never really been tempted to steal someone's car. I've never been tempted to be envious of someone that has a really nice car. And I'm just not a car guy. I had one car in high school. Uh, it was a Firebird. It was black. And it was pretty sweet. It had the headlights that like came up out of the hood. And man, those are awesome. Unless like you're going to work one morning before the sun comes up and you hit a deer. And deer tore those headlights, slap off that car. Um... The only other car I really ever drove was my parents' uh, Grand Prix. And it was a pretty nice car, too. 
I drove it to work one day, same job as the deer story. And when I parked, it was smoking real bad. I was like, man, that's not good. Like it was smoking really, really bad. Like it caught on fire. So it was smoking horribly bad. Uh, so I was deathly afraid to call my parents about that. So I called my granddad and he called my parents for me. So maybe I'm not a car guy because the two cars I drove have been destroyed. Um, maybe it's because of the type of cars they were. I don't know. I'm just not a car guy, right? So I've never been tempted to, to steal or even to be envious. However, if you talk about lust, then that is a temptation that I've faced in my life because that lines up with the desires within me. Does that make sense? So the devil plays on what's already inside you. We have, we're predispositioned to certain desires and those desires bring forth temptation. So yeah, I may not be tempted to, to be envious of somebody's nice new sports car. Like, it doesn't bother me. But when it comes to something different that does line up with my desires, then temptation is easily birthed out of that. So as we start understanding the nature of this and that it comes from within, we can see how that lines up with our desires in life. And if you're thinking about some desires that you have right now and how that kind of lines up, then it makes the picture a little more clear. Christian counselor John White used a piano to illustrate how the devil attacks. He says, if you open up a piano and sing into it, the string of the corresponding note will begin to vibrate. The devil attacks each individual and community based upon their weakness. The devil cannot make a good person bad. He makes a flawed person worse. The devil plays what's already inside of you. Look, he makes a flawed person. We are flawed people. He makes us worse because he knows the desires that are within us and he knows what to dress up to make look good. So that's how the deception of temptation and the nature of temptation work together. Because the nature is that it comes from within us. And Satan knows, well, hey, I know that this is his desire, so I'm going to dress this up to look this way because I know that he's going to love that. So we have to be mindful of the desires that are within. We're tempted. Look at this. We're tempted when desire and opportunity meet together. So think about the times that you've given in to temptation. You've had the desire and the opportunity to do so. So what does that tell us? How can we combat that? So when when we have a desire to sin, when temptation is there and the desire is there, we can pray for God to take away the opportunity. Amen? And, and we can help with that. So maybe it's turning the, the family computer to where everybody in the room can see what you're looking at. Or maybe it's taking a different way home from work because you know that if you go through this area, it's really not a good area for you to go through. So we change the opportunity. We take the opportunity out of the picture. So the desire may be there, but the opportunity is gone. But maybe there's times where the opportunity, you just can't get rid of it. The opportunity to sin is there. So then we pray for God to change the desires of our heart. Amen. 
If the opportunity is there, then we pray for God to make our heart line up with His heart. And when we understand that this is how it works, it's easier to fight. When we understand that it comes from within, and that is, is based off our own desires, then it just makes it easier to, to fight through temptation. Number two is this. Temptation not only comes from within, but it lures us away. It lures us away. Verse 14 says, but each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed. It lures us away. What does it lure us away from? It lures us away from the truth of God's word. We talked about that in week one. It lures us away from the, the will of God, from living in his will. It lures us away from walking intimately with God. So it lures us away from who God says we are and what God has for us as Christ followers. And man, that's, that's sad because God has so much for us. But temptation lures us away from that truth. We literally prioritize our own desires. What makes us feel good, what we want, what we think is best over what Almighty God says about us, for us, and has for us. And we all do that. If we think about it and we get real about it, we prioritize what we want over what God says and what He wants. We do it. That's the truth. So we're, let's be real about temptation and sin this morning. That's, that's how it works. It lures us away from God. Charles, uh, Charles Simeon said that we're caring about within ourselves much inflammable material. If we're not careful, temptation can strike the spark that causes an explosion. It's within us. And when we're not careful, it lures us away to a point of just explosion. Our life gets out of control. We're no longer even walking closely with Jesus. And that is something that we deal with on a daily basis. It lures us away. Again, we talked about in week one how sin can look pleasurable and attractive and how Satan makes that look really good. And my five-year-old learned that the hard way this week. We had a babysitter come over. Uh, Ashley was at work and I was just running some errands. And my five-year-old wanted some toast. Pretty simple process. Unless you don't have a toaster. And I don't have a toaster. So I don't know why I don't have a toaster. I haven't had a toaster in like a year and a half. Um, I don't know why we don't have them, but we don't. So the only way to toast bread in my house is on the stove in a frying pan. So my babysitter is amazing. And she's like, sure, I'll make you some toast. Um, and my five-year-old thinks that it's, it's awesome. She's seeing the toast being made and she wants to help. She thinks it'll be fun. She thinks it'll be cool. So she walks over to the stove and guess what happens? She got burned. So her little finger got burned. That's exactly how temptation works. We desire something and then Satan deceives and makes that look really, really good. He makes it look fun. He makes it look like it's the best thing that we'll ever experience in our life. And then we walk over to the stove and we get burned. That's how it works. That's how temptation 
is. And the, the devil knows, man, he knows your weaknesses. He knows, he knows my vulnerabilities. He knows where to attack us and how to attack us. But we have to understand that, first of all, temptation comes from within us. And then we have to understand that it lures us away, away from God, away from the truth of his word, away from intimacy with him, away from living and walking in his will. And we believe that what we're choosing is the best option for us. When God says, that's not the best option for you. I've already told you the best option for you. Trust me. Trust me. Love me. Walk with me. And it lures us away from God. And then number three is this. When temptation lures us away from God, it pushes us toward what? Sin. Temptation leads to sin. It's the third truth this morning. We see this in verse 15. It says, Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So the truth this morning is temptation comes from within. It lures us away and it leads to sin. Those are the three truths from just this passage about temptation. And when our desires outweigh our intimacy with God, then we are on a downward spiral straight to sin. And you may be asking this morning, and this is, this is a good question, if you are. Why does it matter? Why does sin matter? Why is it so important to talk about it? Why is it so important for us to understand it? Why is it so important in our lives? Everybody's going to do it, right? So why do we even care? So I want to give you two, two answers to that question. Number one, I want you to understand that according to Scripture, that we're all sinners. That we've all fallen short of God's glory. That we don't deserve His love, but He gives it to us anyway. So keep that in your mind as we go through this. The, the first reason that sin matters, it matters for the person who isn't a Christ follower because sin carries with it the penalty of eternal death and separation from God. And secondly, sin matters for the Christ follower because that sin carries with it separation from walking closely with Jesus. Let me be, let me be careful and, and very clear. If you're a Christ follower, sin does not cause you to lose salvation. Salvation is, is sealed not because of anything that we've ever done or could ever do. It's because of Jesus. It's because of what He's done. He's taking care of salvation. But what it does is it, it puts up a type of intimacy blocker. And we no longer walk in intimacy with God because of sin. So two answers. Sin matters because it carries with it eternal punishment for the non-believer. And it carries with it the punishment of separation from walking closely with God for the believer. And both of those are super important. Robert Orban said, most people want to be delivered from temptation, but would like it to keep in touch. And I'm going to say it again, because th this is the truth. Let's be honest this morning. 
He said this, most people want to be delivered from temptation, but would like to keep it in touch. Let me tell you why. I'm going to stand up. Let me tell you why. Because when these trials that James mentions in the beginning of chapter 1 get too heavy for us, when the struggles get to be too much for us, when we just don't have the answers because we don't know what God's doing, when that just becomes overwhelming for us, we want the temptation and the sin to still be there because that's going to get us through. Man, that's what we want a lot of times. And that's why it's so important to understand how temptation works. That's why it's so pivotal for us to understand that when we are going through the struggles of life, that temptation is going to be there with it. So that we can be prepared for that. But I told you, I told you at the beginning that it's not all, it's not all bad, right? There's some encouragement. And I want to give you that encouragement this morning. So next week, again, we're going to look at how we can walk in victory and live in freedom from this kind of stuff. But let's read verses 16 and 17. It says, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So being a Christ follower isn't all gloom and doom. Maybe this morning you're facing a trial that James mentioned in chapter 1. Maybe you, you lost your job and you're struggling to pay bills. Or maybe you're just lonely and you're dealing with depression. Or maybe this COVID-19 stuff's just got your anxiety spiked and you don't really know how to handle it. Or maybe you're struggling with an addiction that's just kind of weighing you down and, and beating up all your relationships in life. Maybe your marriage is struggling because you never thought that, that this is how it was supposed to be. I don't know what your struggle is in life, but I understand that when you face those struggles, the temptation decides to join the party. But here's the cool part. God loves you right where you are. God loves you right where you are. In the middle of your loneliness, in the middle of your depression, in the middle of your anxiety, in the middle of your addiction, in the middle of your marriage issues, in the middle of raising a kid that is completely away from Jesus right now, in the midst of whatever struggle and trial you're going through in life, God loves you right where you are. That is hope this morning. That's why we come in this place and lift up Jesus. Because there's, a, there's an opportunity for us to no longer be a slave to fear. Because we have another in the fire standing right next to us. Man, and my favorite part of that song, and one of my favorite scriptures, is, is when Daniel, when the three teenagers, man, when they stand up for Jesus. 
when they're supposed to bow down to this worldly king and they say, hey, you know what? My God is able to deliver me. But even if He doesn't, I would never bow down and worship you. And that's what we have the opportunity to do every single day. Man, we have the opportunity to say, you know what? I'm not bowing down. I'm not bowing down to the things of this world because I know that what God has for me is better. I know what He's called me to is greater. I know that He has a purpose for my life. We see in Romans 6.23 that the, we, we touched on the wages of, of the sin is death for the non-believer. But the rest of that verse, and praise God for the rest of that verse, it says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. Eternal life through Jesus. So you may be a sinner on your way to complete separation from God for eternity in a place called hell. But you don't have to be. You don't have to be. Or maybe you're a Christ follower this morning and you just you're not walking with Jesus as intimately as you could be. You're not living the John 10.10 life. John 10.10 says He came to give us life and to give us life to the fullest. That life to the fullest is here. While we're here on earth, He came to give us eternal life and He came to give us life now to the fullest. And when we begin to, to give in to temptation and it leads to sin then we're being pulled away from that intimacy and that fullness of life that He came to give us. That's why sin matters. That's why talking about this is important. Because if we can understand it, then when we move to week three of this series and we talk about walking in freedom, it makes it a lot easier and we're more prepared to do that. But don't misunderstand. We could never do it on our own. It takes the power of God. So we have to, to submit our lives to Him every single day. Every single day. We all have fleshly desires. Temptation comes from within because of those desires. It lures us away from the truth of God's Word, from living in God's will, from being intimate with God. And it leads to sin. It leads to a life walking apart from the will of God. And that's a scary thought because there's a lot of, a lot of decisions that we have to make all the time. There's things that we go through in life that if we had to get through them ourselves, we would fail every time. And I've been there. I've done that. I've tried to make those decisions and get through things on my own. And every single time it's turned out bad. Because we don't know the final plan. We don't really know what God is doing in some of these situations and circumstances. Martin Luther 
said you could not keep the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. So temptation is going to come. You can't stop them from flying, but you can stop it from taking over your life. You can stop it from consuming the way that you live, the way that you think, the actions that you take. Someone said, watch your thoughts, they become words. Watch your words, they become actions. Watch your actions, they become habits. Watch your habits, they become character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. So we have a choice to make this morning. So we can allow the trials and the struggles in life to lead us towards perseverance and spiritual maturity. Or we can allow the trials and the struggles in life to lead toward temptation, which leads towards sin and death. That's our choice this morning. So here, here's the deal. We can choose Jesus the way that he wants us to do it, or we can choose the way that we want to do it. And hopefully that lines up and our desires are the same as his. If you stand with me really quick, we're going we're gonna to close. And man, I'm, I'm excited about next week. I'm excited about celebrating with people as they publicly declare their faith in Jesus. But I have, I have a burden for all of us in this room. And that burden is that we understand the deception of temptation and we understand the nature of temptation so that we can be more prepared when it comes up. Because I want this body of people to make a difference in this world for Christ. And that's what He wants. That's what He's called us to. He's called us to live a life that is honoring to Him. He's called us to live a life that is an example for Him as we talked about last week. And that's my burden, that's my heart for us in this room is that when we walk out out of these doors that we're still lifting up the name of Jesus. That our thoughts and our mind and our, our hearts are still consumed with his love and what he's done for us. And man, we we just we don't allow our desires to take priority. And when we do have the desire that we pray for the opportunity to be taken away. In 1 Corinthians, we see that God will always give us a way of escape. And that's encouragement this morning. That God will always give you a way out. And that helps us as we go to battle. That we know that. Maybe it's the opportunity. He could take that out. Or maybe it's the desire can change to match his heart. So I want to pray with you guys this morning. And I just want to, I want to make sure. I want to make sure that we're ready, that we're ready for battle together as a community of believers. So let's pray together. God, thank you. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you that you love us right where we are. Thank you for Jesus. 
Thank you for the sacrifice. Thank you that even though we don't deserve it, you love us. You take us from a sinful, dirty life and you bring us to victory. God, thank you that we have the ability through you to spend eternity with our Father in heaven. God, but not just that. Thank you that we can have life to the fullest even now. So God, I pray that as as each individual in this room thinks about their desires and and temptation and the, the different sins that maybe they struggle with or the things that they give into. God, I pray that as they understand the deception and the nature of temptation, that they're more prepared through you to walk in victory. God, and I pray that if there's someone in this room that doesn't know you personally, they've never decided to follow you. God, I pray that today they make that decision. They take that step of faith. No one looking around. I just want to ask you a question this morning. Is there anyone in this room that would say, hey, I've never, I've never taken the step to trust God. I believe that He exists. I, I believe the Bible, but I've truly never put my trust in Him. I've never started to follow Him. And I want to make that decision today to follow Jesus, to become a Christian. If that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand? If you're, if you're struggling with, with sin this morning and you're not walking as intimately with, with Jesus as you want to be, if that's you this morning, would you just raise your hand? So I, I just want to pray for us in this room. God, I, again, thank you for who you are. We love you. God, I thank you for salvation. God, thank you for continuing to work in this community. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of it. God, help us to, to leave this room ready for battle. Encouraged that we can overcome because of you. Because of your power. Because of your spirit. Because of what you have already done in us and will continue to do. So God, we claim that this morning. Thank you for loving us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast. For this and other messages, visit us online at impactharlem.org. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it on iTunes, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us at the Impact Church Podcast.